You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. In fact, it is episode 139. Today I'm going to be talking with Amanda Bond. She's a Facebook ads strategist. We met a couple months back when we were working on a campaign, a promoted pin campaign for Ruth Sukup, who does Ruth Sukup Omnimedia. We talked to her back in episode 126. So we've gotten rave reviews about this podcast. Go back and listen to it. It's all about changing your mindset to build a business you love. So go listen to that. So back to Bond. We met because we were working on a promoted pin campaign for Ruth to sell her Living Well Planner. And during that work together... Bond's mind was literally blown with how the ads platform works on Pinterest, which then opened up her curiosity as to how you market organically on Pinterest. We've had a few fun conversations here and there, and she came to me with a whole list of questions. And I thought, instead of us going into an hour call by ourselves, why don't we take this to the podcast? Because I know there's other people out there who listen, who maybe are lurking and thinking, I don't know if this whole Pinterest thing is right for me. I really wanted to take her questions because those help those of you who are lurking by answering some of those questions about how Pinterest marketing can really help your business. A lot of people come to me with the framework of just understanding Facebook marketing or just understanding Facebook ads. And when we try to apply the logic of Facebook and Facebook ads to Pinterest, it ends up failing. And a lot of people come to me one month later and they say, it's not working. Facebook doesn't work or Pinterest doesn't work for me. Well, that's not true. You just have to change your mindset and change the direction that you're going. So today I'm going to do a coaching call with Amanda. We're going to go through, we're going to talk about all of the questions I have for her, and then we're going to be talking about the questions that she has for me. And you guys, they're really good. In fact, when I was reading through them in the online document that we shared, I was like, oh man, these are these are some heavy hitters. She has a goal, she knows where she wants to go, and she is determined to get there. Before we dive into the podcast, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, if you have not signed up for the Wednesday weekly email, you can go to simplepinmedia.com and you'll see it at the top there of the page. When you do sign up for the newsletter, you get our free Ultimate Pinterest Planner. The other thing is, if you did not hear back in the end of January, we have a smart loop simplified course, Tailwind Smart Loop Simplified. If you are struggling to use Smart Loop and you have a difficult time understanding how it will work for your business, we have this amazing course that is very targeted. It has video lessons, a workbook, and Google Analytics dashboard to help you evaluate whether or not Tailwind Smart Loop is really helping your business and saving you time, which we believe that it will. So go ahead and go over to simplepinmedia.com slash smartloop dash simplified. If you want any of the links that we talk about in today's podcast, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 139. 
One last thing. If you would like to sign up for a Pinterest strategy call with me, I have a few spots that I do per month. They are an hour long, very intensive. Most people walk away with four pages of notes or more. And it's a really great time to get my feedback on what you could be doing better with your Pinterest marketing or even how to equip your team. Some of you have VAs that are managing for you and you really like them and you don't want to move away into another management service. You would like to equip your VA. That's also something we do here. We can meet with you and your virtual assistant to ensure your Pinterest marketing is really on point. So you can also find that by going to simplepinmedia.com slash 139. We'll leave a link there. All right. With that, let's dive into my interview with Amanda Bond. Amanda Bond, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so amped up to chat with you on all things Pinterest. And it's because I'm just diving into that world a little bit more these days. Man, me too. Me too. And we were already talking so much even before this started that we had to start it right away because I didn't want to miss any of the stuff that we were talking about, which was so good. Okay. So before we get into the nitty gritty, tell us about you and your business. All right. So I'm Bond. I'm owner of The Ad Strategist, where we help people stop guessing and start getting results, not on Pinterest, but over with Facebook ads. So anything Facebook organic marketing, Facebook paid traffic, I nerd out on and help people get success so that they don't really have to guess every time that the algorithm changes. Oh, and the algorithm changes like every Tuesday, I feel like. I I actually heard something that there was over a hundred iterations of Facebook being tested at any given time. Word. Yeah. So when you hear that, you're like, oh, dang, that world changes fast. Yeah. And props to you. Like, I don't think I could have a a long game when it comes to Facebook marketing because I would just get exhausted. Like I kind of, I kind of chose like the easier one. I chose Pinterest and I was like, yeah, I can wrap my brain around this. This is easy. It's funny that you say that because I feel the same way about Pinterest. I'm like, oh my gosh, Pinterest feels exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's all about what we, what we know and how we operate. And I love that you are so data-driven. Like when I listen to you, we've had a few opportunities to work with the Promoted Pins team at Pinterest. And I've even watched like a recording of your meeting that you've had with them. And I just marvel at it. I'm like, dude, her brain just makes my brain explode (laughs) with all these numbers. So I'm so pumped to just, I guess, have role reversal and teach you a little bit more about Pinterest marketing. Yeah, man. Well, I love that you said that because... Somebody actually sent me the meme that best describes the way that my brain works when it comes to it. I'm a lady in the streets, but a freak in the spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And do you know that I hate spreadsheets? I literally hate them. Somebody's talking to me about formulas and I'm like, I'm master delegator, right? And sometimes I'm a little bit of an abdicator and I'll be like, please don't show this to me. Like my brain actually can't it just can't process it. So I'll let you do your awesome work and I'll just come alongside and review it after you're done. And just put it in like nice, easy to comprehend format. It's fine. <laughs> Give me bullet points. That's all I need. Just bullets. Exactly. This conversation is going to be awesome because the people who relate to the data-driven side and the people that relate to the other side. Are gonna yes. Heck yeah. Out. It's amazing. Okay. So one of the things I'd like to start with is how have you viewed Pinterest as a marketing channel from the perspective as a Facebook marketer? Yeah. Great question. So Pinterest for me, I think I've been a user since, I'm going to say like 20, 
2009, like 2009 is when I first, or 10, I don't even know if it was around then. Yeah, it was in 2009. Perfect. So I've, I've been around since the beginning. And when I first used it, I did not use it as a marketer. I was a complete user and I loved it. I loved it just like the visual aspects of saving things to the boards, the recipes, like it just made me kind of plan out this lifestyle that I didn't know I would be manifesting and creating as I went along. So Pinterest almost acted as my vision board back in the day. And then I think it was maybe 2011, I saw my very first webinar ever, ever. And it was on the power of Pinterest, right? So as a marketer back in the day, I knew that there's there's potential. And I mean, that's almost a freaking decade ago, right? So there's, there's potential, but I didn't have the background experience of being a marketer myself yet to understand the power of Pinterest. So to be honest, I've dismissed it for many, many, many years and spent over a million dollars over on Facebook, right? Because that's my, my area. And now with all the changes marketers face today, all the challenges that business owners and bloggers are constantly facing as things evolve, I'm just looking towards the future. Like, How can we find channels and platforms and places that our potential customers are hanging out on and really bring our conversation to where people already are? So Pinterest has my attention right now. Okay. So tell me, this year, because I feel like maybe it caught your attention this year. So tell me about your maybe your aha moment, you know, as you were doing some of the promoted pins for Ruth. And was there an aha moment like, oh, I could do this? Or was it just like, yeah, let's do this? Uh, I think the aha moment came from a moment in my own business making plans for 2019. And realizing that a lot of the things that we do on different channels and specifically like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are these like quick flash in a pan type of behaviors. You do a social post on Twitter and that's gone in seconds, right? So it doesn't really have that long lasting impact or the ability to build momentum over time. So that was really what caught my eye about both YouTube and Pinterest. But I've just had more personal experience with Pinterest and I just dove right in, right? I got on the platform and I was reading absolutely every single thing under the sun about the platform. And I have to say, if you're first learning something, like it's not as easy as you think. So if anyone's ever struggling with mastering Pinterest, know that me, Bond, who spends millions over on Facebook, is like scratching her head being being all, what is going on over here? And how do I use this to my advantage? How do I like build community? What is happening? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. This is going to be great. Okay. And you gave me a bunch of questions. So we're going to go through that in a second. But since you had that moment, have you updated your profile and started creating any images? I have. So on my personal profile, I've updated it. And I've created two images, okay? okay? And we've went from two monthly engaged P 
people on Pinterest. I don't even know if I'm saying the metrics right right now. <laughs> okay. But it was it was two engaged and three that saw our posts. And now we're up to almost 20,000 impressions or people that saw our posts and like 800 people engaged. And okay. this is blowing my mind <laughs> in, in like a month and a half time. And I really haven't done anything well, probably. Oh, I love it. Well, you're going to do stuff well after we get done with this. Woo-hoo! So you're going to have some action items. Have you done also keywords? Have you figured out like what you're really targeting with your content? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> okay, got it. Okay, we'll talk about that. All right. So your first question is, what's the vision I'm aiming for on Pinterest? So expand a little bit on that and then I'll kind of fill in. I'll answer the question. What What, what are you thinking with that question? So in my brain, the way that it works being so data-driven is I need to understand almost what we're trying to achieve with the platform. Like how does Pinterest drive business success in a way that is understandable and measurable? Like what am I creating on this platform so that I can essentially benchmark and, and create little milestones of Am I doing this right in the first place? Okay. So there's two things there. So we'll talk about basically um, what's the vision, like, you know, how do you want to work within the platform and then what you should do for tracking. So first you said like, all I've heard is Pinterest is great for traffic, which it is. But a lot of people don't go the step beyond to get the measurables. So... The measurables are really how many sessions are you getting? And then what does actually that session convert to before for you? Because the great part is, is you understand conversions super well. And that's your goal. That's, you know, wherever you're receiving traffic, you know that all point, all like data point, not data points, but all arrows point to your site. And then you're like, gotcha. Now I can do my magic and I can convert you. So with Pinterest, you're really looking at it as a search and discovery platform. So you're looking at it, like you said, like YouTube and like Google. So the typical user, they go onto the platform and they operate in two places. One is the smart feed. And this is what we call like the mindless scrolling. So this for your smart feed is filled up of what you search for, promoted pin ads, who you follow, and then suggested pins based on your interests, based on your pinning habits. And the whole goal for Pinterest is to serve their user base by creating this feed where people can spend like 30 minutes to an hour. I mean, we've all kind of gone down the Pinterest black hole, just kind of mindlessly scrolling through and going, oh man, I didn't know I even needed that. Or that's genius. Why didn't I think of that? That's kind of the typical response to the smart feed. So when you're marketing to a smart feed user, what you're looking for is the hook. So what is it that's on my image that's going to hook them in to something they might already be interested in? So if people have clicked on Facebook marketing or they've clicked on Facebook ads, Pinterest will see your content and potentially serve it up to them as more they might be interested in. Now, the interesting part is this is not time-based. So Pinterest could serve up something to that that you pinned eight months ago. What? Excuse me. Hold on. Let's just take a pause there. I did not know that. I didn't know the algorithm worked that way. That's pretty major. So the algorithm really just works on how can they serve their user best by delivering up interests that they love. And it's not going to be really just based on your followers and what they're pinning in a chronological order. We do have a follower feed on Pinterest where you can see your followers pins 
very chronological. But in the smart feed here, it's really so that you remember when it was chronological a long time ago, you know, and you would see like Aunt Sally's like 25 cat pins. Yeah. <laughs> all at one time, all, yeah, as soon as you log on, I totally remember that. Yeah, exactly. So Pinterest changed to the smart feed algorithm in 2014 to really prevent that from happening because they knew like, you don't want Aunt Sally's 25 cat pins. Like, come on. But if you're interested in cats, they might actually give you more cat pins because, you know, you love it, right? So in my feed, when I open up, I have a mix of lots of social media, lots of Pinterest, blogging, also because those are boards that are on my profile. The boards give an indication as to what to serve up in the smart feed as well. Because so your profile, yes. aka the boards that you have, is then signaling over to Pinterest, okay, when she logs on, these are the topics that she's already interested in. So let's find content that's relevant, not only to your pins, but your personal board. So if you're if you're a Facebook advertiser, it's going to be rare that I might see home decor or Aunt Sally's cats if I don't have any relevant pins or boards in that category. Correct. And if you have not done any relevant searches. So for me, I am doing keto, even inspired by Ruth's podcast that she just <laughs> did recently. Um, and so what I'll see is a keto pin every four to five pins because I've searched it. Or I'll have searched um, live edge coffee tables, you know, live edge wood coffee tables. I'll see those peppered in with everything because they want the user to stick around and be hooked in by what they're interested in. They really want to create the smart feed that is smart to what you're interested in so that you're getting the content you want, you're not getting an irrelevant feed, and that you're able to click on it. And Pinterest, an interesting thing that's different than Facebook is Pinterest needs content creators or people to create products. Without those things, Pinterest really wouldn't exist because people wouldn't have great ideas to share or great articles to share. Facebook and Instagram don't need our content. We can thrive on status updates or being funny or just sharing pictures on Instagram. It really stays in the ecosystem over there. But the whole goal on Pinterest is to move up. I do have a question yeah. about that, just because I've heard that you don't want to put up a lot of your own content. You want to keep it a nice ratio of you putting your content up there and then sharing other people's content to show it's relevant. But like, what if you have a boatload of content that you need to get out there? Can you be creating like different pin cover images to the same piece of content? Like, could you... Could you upload 100% of your own content on certain boards and then maybe have like some complementary boards that are not necessarily exactly in competition, but maybe what your ideal audience is searching about it? Like that's where I get confused. Yes. So one of the things we heard from Pinterest last spring was that they want your audience to do the repinning of the sharing for you. They want you to share your content. So what that means is that you want to be pinning from your website or if you're using Tailwind, that creates a new pin. And these are called fresh pins. Pinterest wants your fresh content. So instead of focusing on pinning other people's stuff, I, for example, do about 10 pins a day and I do seven of mine and only three of other people. Wow, that's cool. And the three of other people is really, it is complimentary, but I only have boards really geared around what I'm going to create content for. So on my account, there's, it's not the best example because we use it for a lot of testing. So there are like a food board. I'm not going to create content for that food board. It's named best 
food pins to give examples of what pins we think are good around the food space. But if I was going to really clean it up and dial it in, I would have just Pinterest. I would have blogging, but I know that in my podcast, I'm going to cross the lines between blogging and Pinterest. So whatever boards you do create, you really want to ensure you're actually going to pin content to it. So um, you can do one or two maybe, but really heavily focus on your own and yes to creating multiple images that point to the same post. In fact, it's super smart to do that because it spreads out your content it looks like it's fresh. And also you get a chance to A-B test different images to see what did the Pinterest user click on? What resonated with them? Okay, now I can create this template to maybe create more like this because the Pinterest user engaged with it super quickly. So yes, yes, yes. Focus on your own stuff and then call to action your audience to share for you on Pinterest. Because what does that mean? So what that means is let's say for me, I have um, an email list, I have Facebook groups, and I also have Instagram. What I want to do is say, hey, Instagram, I have a new post. It's all about how to create a Pinterest marketing plan. Um, head over to the post and then pin it for later. If you have like the swipe up feature on Instagram, you can put the pin link in there and they swipe up and they instantly pin it for later. This gets more shares for your, your content on the platform. So there's a greater chance of more people seeing it. So you're leveraging them. You can do the same thing in your email list. I talk all about my new podcast and I say, okay, if you can't read it now, pin it for later. And I give them the pin link so that they can easily click, save, done. That's so cool. It actually reminds me. So whenever I focus on a new tip or strategy or hack in the online marketing space, my brain's always trying to figure out how can we essentially growth hack this, right? So I kept hearing, expect your Pinterest traffic to grow slowly and steadily 3% month over month. And my brain looks at that and it's like, hmm, 3%, right? <laughs> You're like, come on, I'm going to take your 3% and grow it. Uh, I'm going to take your 3% and 10 exit. Like, right. what are we going to do here? So the very first thing that I did, as soon as we posted that pin is the very next day, I reached out to some amazing people that I've met before who had millions of impressions. Here's me with two engaged <laughs> followers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, we just had this brand new pin. It's doing so well over on Facebook. Would you pin it to your boards and share it with their audience? And guess what they said? Oh my gosh, they said yes. And so the very first pin that we put up, we started slowly getting traffic right out of the gate. And it's that's the reason that I credit to shooting from two people to 800 people engaged and no impressions to almost 20,000 impressions right out of the hop because we were able to leverage other people who were in a similar niches whose audience could benefit from this, but it wasn't a direct competition to like what they talk about or what they train about or what they sell. Yes. It will. And I think I added you to, I think two of my boards or maybe one, because I'm not going to talk about Facebook marketing at all, but I know my users are interested in social media marketing overall. Like it's a part of their business. So sharing your content is good for me because my boards then look really curated instead of just all of my stuff. And Pinterest is very clear about that with user experience. You don't want the same pin going out every single hour, every single day to where I hop on your Pinterest profile and it defaults to 
activity, things you've pinned. I don't want to see like a whole slew of the same thing because that's not a good user experience. I want to see variety that says, oh, this person is going to curate great resources for me. This is somebody I'm going to follow. So one of the things I want to touch on that's one of your questions is how long does it typically take to see success on the platform? And you mentioned the 3% and then kind of a follow-up question to that is what if you wanted 20% growth, (laughs) which I love. Okay. So let's talk then about... So 1% to 3% is sometimes what we tell clients. And I'm a big like, let's lower the bar instead of like super high. But completely understand that from a client perspective. We want to set proper expectations just in case, you know, you never know what's going to happen behind the scenes on their side once you begin that client relationship. Yes. And Pinterest heavily depends on them creating content. So what we tell them is like, okay, one to 3%. But actually what we did this year is we had a full year of really intense data. We hired a data specialist and we did find that it's more around 6% on average. But a very interesting thing to take note of is that Let's say we're dealing with somebody who's already established, like Ruth. She can have a certain period of time during the year where her growth might be 29% one month, then 35%. And then she drops down to after her season, when maybe a lot of people are pinning her content, and she might drop down again to 9 or 10%. And it might hold there for a while simply because her audience isn't looking for a lot of her seasonal content. So that if Christmas is her time to shine, that's going to be from September to mid-January. Or she talks a lot about financial stuff. So for her, it's going to really also kick off December 26th through February 15th. And then it's going to go into a sleeper. So for those who are seasoned, we always look at the whole year in Google Analytics and look at what are the trends of our Pinterest sessions. Now, you and I, who are more B2B marketers instead of B2C like her, we're going to see a steadier trend throughout the year. So we can try to capitalize on the seasonality, maybe by talking about things like spring cleaning your Facebook ads or something like that. I love it. So then you're kind of just switching it a little bit, which actually that's what happened to me with my viral pin is I wrote a post about how to clean up your Pinterest boards. And in the keywords, I said, how to spring clean your Pinterest boards. What happened is that it took off, went viral, and then I get actually a mix of people who are traditional users and a mix of people who are marketers. So we have to kind of weed out the people who are just power user on Pinterest. They really want to keep their boards clean. So, but that being said, that's still bringing me traffic. It brings me about a thousand sessions a month just off of that particular type of pin, which is amazing. So then let's tackle you, which you're the newbie and really putting all, you know, all the chips in. So we've had some clients experience um, up to 1700% growth in the first six months. That's that's my numbers I'm yeah. talking about here. Come on, let's do that. <laughs> so one of the great things with this is they were very specific about their keywords. They created a product so they knew who they were marketing to. And then they also continued... Can you, can you just clarify what you mean by created a product? Yeah, so they were actually creating a physical product. So in their images, they were showcasing what products they were going to be creating. 
And because it was very much one of those like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, I didn't even know this existed type of product. What ended up happening is that we created at least 10 new images per month. And as a result, all this new fresh content and the interaction and the engagement kind of took it and lit a fire. So while 1700% is not like typical, but it can happen, especially if you're very targeted in who you want to see your pins and click on them. Others are between 40 and 50% growth, and that might even be month over month. So we have some new people who they're very um, different, like one's an Amazon seller, they are really trying to generate some good traffic that goes to maybe their review pages of particular products. And then people obviously click on the Amazon product to buy. That is also going to be very targeted and niche as opposed to somebody who is a lifestyle blogger. The two just, the growth has to be qualified because, or quantified, I guess, because you're just serving a different type of user base. And that's really the big thing that distinguishes Pinterest marketing is you have to know who you're talking to. And you can't really take a one size fits all strategy and kind of plump it down in the middle and go, okay, well, let's try this and see if it works. It's really creating images and keywords that serve your people that is going to intrigue them, get them to click on it and find you in search. And not just on a pin by pin basis, but on a curation of boards, what you're like bringing to the table overall on that platform. Yeah, correct. Totally. And one of the things that um, we talked about just a couple seconds ago was that smart feed. Well, the smart feed is that one way. That's where your image is really going to hook them. I call that billboard advertising. You got three seconds. People are scrolling by on their phone. You got to catch them. Well, then there's the search feed. And that's really where your keywords really shine. Because if somebody's searching in how to run my first Facebook ad, you want that to be in your pin description. How to, Here's how to run your first Facebook ad. So that Pinterest crawls that description and goes, oh, Susie searches this. So we're going to serve up this piece of content to her. Now, one of the interesting things is that the, the search feed is very much the same for everybody. So it is like Google, the higher people get engagement on their pins, the more repins, the higher they're going to go in the top. Oh, so then I have a question about Tailwind, because you said that when you share on Tailwind, it creates a fresh pin. Wouldn't you rank higher if all of that attention that you would get from sharing pins over and over and over and over and over again as new ones? be accumulated on one pin, wouldn't that rank you higher in search? Yes, there is theories about that as well. We haven't done a deep, deep test on that. What we've found is actually, even if there's multiple pins on the platform that point to that specific post, that's still good as well because you can end up in like different search terms for that. But um, one of the interesting things about that is you could really leverage your audience here by sharing that pin link. That's what I was talking about, because then they're going to share it and you're going to get more repins that way. And it way more than you would even get by just pinning it. So um, that's a trick to really get it up. There's also another method you could use, and we'll leave the link here in the show notes too. And that is to change the data pin again you're going I'm going down a road of like 
code. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so you can put a code on your site that every time somebody pins it, it does add a repin to that specific pin. So, oh, dang, that's pretty cool. I'll get you that link. We haven't really tested that too much on my site, but it's something to test out. And we are doing a big six month data study with um, Pinch of Yum and Food Blogger Pro on what we're seeing. And we're asking these types of questions. So, We'll see if we're going to tackle this. I think we will. It might be one of the ones on our list to see if that matters. So, so any questions about growth? Yes. I like my brain is just all over the place. I think, <laughs> okay. I think what's important is as I'm hearing you say this is just to step back and look at it from the big picture. Because you know how when you go on Pinterest, you open it up and you're bombarded by all of this content. It almost puts you into a frenzy of like, oh my God, what do I got to do next? So for me, as I'm listening to you, what I need to do is listen back to this and almost visually map it out. Like I'm a big visual person when I'm planning my own brand strategies and Facebook ad strategies and content strategies, everything goes on a whiteboard first so that once I go into Facebook, for example, it's, it's a quick thing. Like I will write out all of my ad sequences, copy and creative first so that once I get into ads manager, all I have to do is just take the IDs and upload it and it just makes it makes life easier. So from what I'm hearing is for me, what's going to work is just listening back to this, planning it out offline, off of Pinterest, then going on to Pinterest for inspiration, but keeping in mind like exactly what I'm trying to accomplish each time I go on the platform. Okay, I'm looking for bored inspiration that would be complimentary to my audience. Okay, I'm going to go search just for board inspiration and not go down the rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, I got 500,000 visitors on using Tailwind. I'm like, oh, I have to read this. Tell me more. (laughs) Totally. And you know, we do actually recorded at the beginning of the year, how to create a Pinterest marketing strategy. And so I'll send you that because that's a very step by step start with this with your keywords. And since you like to map things out, and we have a lot of people who listen that like to do the same thing, you can then write your steps. And once you complete each step, then what you're going into is like, I call it like stoking the fire, right? So you've got to start with kindling, you've got to start small, You've got to get it going. And then you can layer bigger pieces on it. And the great part about Pinterest is that it's long tail marketing. So once you create the burn, then all of a sudden you have this big raging fire that doesn't slow down very much when you stop pinning, which you don't want to stop pinning. But let's say something comes up and you stop pinning for like a month. The great part is that this traffic will still come to your site and it will still be showing up in search. So really the goal is you want to keep stoking the fire on Pinterest because a long term, it's going to really, really, that's the traffic driver piece, right? That, you know, I haven't done a lot of Facebook marketing lately. I have somebody who does that for me because it drives me absolutely crazy. But I will say that's the thing when I was doing Facebook marketing a long time ago that I felt such this, um, kind of a slave to it a little bit that like, if I don't do this today, if I don't do this this hour, if I write this, if I don't write this, then something's going to screw it up and then I'm going to have to figure it out again. The thing that's so simple about Pinterest is once you really do master the keyword strategy, the image strategy, and then the consistent pinning, it's so much easier because Pinterest in their algorithm the whole goal is to serve that user who's spending time gathering ideas, reading articles so that they can take action later. And it was funny that you said you open up Pinterest and you're like instantly overwhelmed. 
what we hear from a lot of Pinterest users is that's actually their introvert's place, right? Because nobody's talking to them. Nobody's, we're not reading status updates. It's very singular focused. I'm only looking for what I want and I choose if I want to be distracted. Whereas we're kind of like uh, Facebook and Instagram, we go on and it's like, boom, we see all these things and we feel all these thoughts too, especially on Facebook about how our friends are interacting or somebody shares an article. Well, on on Pinterest, you get to do whatever you want. Like I get to go over there and I get to dream about, you know, the kitchen I want to redo. And um, I get to read articles or I get to gather 25 different light sconces I want to buy and then decide to buy it. I, I will say the only people component that I think Pinterest is really working on is comments. They do really want their users to comment back almost like in a Yelp type of way as to how the the pin impacted them. So when you do, let's say I click on a recipe and I open it up. The next time I open up the app, that recipe will pop up at the bottom and it'll say, hey, did you try making this? Leave a comment. Let us know how you liked it. And that gives good feedback to the particular pin user or pin owner about how people are using their product. It's pretty cool. And, you know, people are sharing their images, like they're taking time to do it, these really hardcore users. So that I do like, and that type of, you know, community aspect. Yeah. Um, my, you, like you have my brain on fire right now. It, it, as soon as I go quiet, it's just because my brain is mulling over all of this. And you should see my office. I have I have visual representations of uh, customer journey sequences and Facebook ad sequences. And the one that I'm looking at right now is kind of a Pinterest high level overview of, of what I thought I needed to be doing. And everything that you're sharing is just really, really making me more excited to continue to dive in, but to have patience along the way, right? Because I said, I'm that type of person that wants to go just gung-ho the minute I start doing it and starting to see results. So when there's one or two clicks a day over to the website, even if they're getting multiple page views, you know, even if they're showing time spent on the site as in that target range that we're looking for, my brain is sitting here being like, oh, one to two. Okay. But if I focused over here where I already have an audience built up, that could be 100 to 200. And then, then I have to remind myself, okay, focus bond, we have to come back. So that's why I really liked your fire analogy, because this is just like a random fun personal story. Have you ever heard of Tim Ferriss's upside down fire? No, I have read his book, The Tools of the Titans. So that's the only experience I have. I think it was from his one before that the four hour chef, he talked about creating this upside down fire, right? And like most people will build a fire in a TP format or like a house format where you put all of your kindling and fire starter in the middle on the bottom, right? So he wanted to test the theory of how do you make a fire burn longer, stronger, hotter? What is the concept for doing that? And so he then came up with the reverse fire where you put these massive logs on the bottom and then you crisscross them and slowly start getting smaller and smaller and smaller and put then twigs and sticks and branches and and then top off the kindling on top. So that once you light the top of it, right, as you're saying with getting some of these foundational basics of Pinterest nailed, 
what happens is the embers slowly start to drop deeper into the fire, right? So the fire looks to be tiny on the top and it actually is burning out as you're looking at it, right? That's what your brain is thinking. Oh shoot, there's no flames, so it must be burning out. But what's happening is it's dropping and these embers are igniting bigger logs underneath. And so once the whole thing catches, the flames are insanity, the heat is insanity, and you don't have to put more logs on the fire for hours because you did the work up front. So that's what it sounds like. And it's reminding me of, but also my family thinks I'm crazy because I won't build any other type of fire. <laughs> and it's now like a five year long running joke. And they're like, Oh, she's gonna build an upside down fire. That's not a thing. Well, can I tell you that I've seen that pin on Pinterest of somebody showing yeah. that exact method of how to do it. And I was like, that's Amazing. genius. And that's the only place I've seen it. So it's really funny that <laughs> I've seen it on there Pinterest you go. because it's the genius idea, right? Like somebody posts a picture of this upside down fire and everybody goes, uh, why didn't I think of that? Like, of course that makes sense. But that's what we need is those aha moments. And yes, I love that stronger and so many people. So you, you did ask this question, like, what do you see people wasting a ton of time on, on Pinterest? So you can avoid it. Number one is I see people fretting, like they get the two or three months in and they're like, Oh, it's not working. Like I'm out. This is just, I haven't seen um, any, or I've seen a very limited number of sales. And it's almost like, well, you're, you're getting people to trust you and you're warming them up. The Pinterest audience is cold. They're very much at the top of the funnel. So they're not loyal to followers. They're not the type of people who are going to follow influencers per se. They're really just following what it is they want. So are you solving their problem? And that might take you six months of investment. So watching your sales every single week or, you know, watching your traffic every single week is actually going to be a waste of time because you... Oh, I'm so guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I have been too. And I have had to train myself away from it because Pinterest, you really only want to look at a one month time frame because of that delay in the smart feed, right? Because something that was eight months ago that you pinned is going to maybe served up this week. And all of a sudden you have a blip and you're like, oh, where did this come from? Oh, now this is carrying traffic to my site. But if I look every week and I'm like, oh, it's down this week. Well, you know, it's like, well, it's raining today. Like that's kind of the same thing. I look every day. So that's a little bit like anxiety inducing when I'm like, oh, we don't have any visitors from Pinterest today. I wonder what happened. So you're saying calm down. Bob. Calm down. Don't look at that. Wait. I would say since you are conditioned to look all the time, set a reminder to look every two weeks because then you actually do have more really good data to look at. But when you're going week to week, you don't have a whole lot. The other thing to think about when we're looking at data is we only track three metrics. One is Pinterest-led sessions. We do look at saves, which are repins. And then we do look at impressions. Impressions doesn't so much drive a lot of our data decisions. But what we want to see is, is there a trend of impressions are up? Traffic is up. What we've seen over time is that the two don't correlate very well. So we've also seen that when saves are down, traffic is up. So this tells us sometimes Pinterest users aren't saving things for later, but they're taking action right away and clicking on whatever it is that you're pinning. So tracking those trends, so that's important, once a month, 
Once a month is totally fine to go into your Pinterest analytics. Look at those numbers. Obviously, Google Analytics is going to be your Pinterest-led sessions. Pinterest analytics will say clicks. The two have never, ever matched up. Like those two don't communicate really well when it comes to analytics. Sounds like Google and Facebook too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All each platform has its own interpretation, right? But we do say Google Analytics is kind of your gold standard of that. The other thing that people waste a lot of time on is really overanalyzing um, every single thing that they do. Like if I put a pin here, is that bad? If I put a pin here, you want to kind of rise up out of the weeds a little bit and go, how do I just pin really great stuff all the time so that Pinterest will um, pick up on these things instead of thinking I've pinned this two days ago, nothing's happening. New content has a hard time taking off on Pinterest because of that strong search effect. That search effect brings that old content to the top. It's kind of like the wheels behind. That's the kindling actually, right? Like that's the thing that actually starts the fire and kind of keeps it burning forever by the dropping embers. Whereas the new stuff just takes a little bit of time to catch three months or so. And that's just how their feed works, how their algorithm works. We, it just takes a while. So not stressing, I guess I would say, and then not too worried about getting your pins in the right place at the right time. The goal is just to be consistent. If you're going to do 5, 10, 20 pins a day, I don't really care what number you stick with. I just want you putting your content on the platform. Mm, Interesting. So don't come in and do it all at once. Um, One of the cool things that I'm noticing on the paid side of the equation, because you know, that's where that's where a lot of my expertise lies. So on the paid side of the equation, when you put money behind amplifying your content and getting people to take the actions that you're looking for, what happens is when you turn off the spend, because a bunch of people have then saved to their boards, you actually will see traffic continue after you turn off the ads. That blew my mind. Isn't it amazing? Oh my God, like, I can't even because that is not a thing on Facebook. And I'm a big believer. My word of 2019 is perennial, which is like a deeper word than evergreen. It's really how can you create something everlasting? And so with Facebook ads, the moment that ad goes off, that's when your traffic stops. So to see on Pinterest, that as people are saving as it's getting out there more, that's going to influence the results of your ads, even when you turn off the budget to that campaign. So that was a mind blowing moment. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, you know, you've been working for a couple months with promoted pin ads, and there's some great stuff. And there's some tough stuff, right? But the great part is, is that what you said is that, okay, take my viral pin that I talked about that cleaning up Pinterest boards. I my goal for that is just email conversions, because I know once I get them on my email, then I can talk to them about whatever I want, and I can sell them. Well, what's interesting is that I can take and run ads at the time of year that I think it's going to go crazy. So if I look at my Google Analytics, and I see, well, it always goes up in January, and it always grows up in April. Well, those two times of year, I'm going to run that ad for a full month to give it these secondary third, fourth, fifth boosts so that it continues to bring me traffic over and over and over again. And I'm not even spending a lot of money on it. I'm just putting a little bit behind it and just doing a traffic campaign and dude, can we talk about how cheap it is to run ads on Pinterest compared <laughs> yes, to Facebook? I would like for like, you to talk about that actually, because okay, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, it's actually when you look at apples to apples from Pinterest to Facebook, it is 
Oh my God. This pains my heart to say it. It's <laughs> 10 to 60 times, times, not percent, times cheaper than Facebook traffic. What? Yes. That's, ah, yeah. I feel like this is redeemed. why I'm very fired up. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Like, I thank you for sharing those numbers. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, there's just so much potential that I see in this platform, not only on the organic side, which I currently suck at, but now I won't after our conversation exactly. and persistence and showing up and continuing to do all of these high leverage things, but then amplifying it with the paid side on Pinterest. It's so much more cost effective than Facebook. And let's be honest, in a lot of the marketing world, people say Facebook ads are this magic bullet, yes. right? Like, oh, oh my gosh, you want to you want to grow your list? Just run Facebook ads. Oh, you want to sell your product that's not proven and you don't have a sales process for? Just run Facebook ads, right? So now on Pinterest, when it costs less to serve up impressions, that's going to be a major benefit for a lot of newer business owners because they're going to be able to not only get that immediate traffic and feedback, but they'll get all those saves, which then, like you said, can help that viral pin effect happen. And then here's where like data bond comes in. And I always say, first off, before you amplify any content on any platform, know that, hey, that viral pin, people who join my email list through that pin equals X amount of revenue for the business over the long term, right? Like I would track that entry point of people opting in from the spring cleaning your Pinterest to all the way to the revenue that has come in the last year from those leads and then say, wait, is this something that's actually bringing me my ideal customers or is it just like a vanity way to grow my list, but it's not actually equating into revenue in my business? Because my like my big belief just on Facebook side of the equation is like we are business owners, not hobbyists, right? We need to make sure we need to make sure that what we're doing is actually generating revenue as a business owner. And then we do it through all of the different ways that you are sharing through Pinterest of like serving your audience deeper. But we need to make sure that we're not just doing that for lip service and it's actually turning into revenue because we can't continue to do things forever for free. Right. And that is, that actually brings me to that. The other thing that I see people wasting their ton of time on is they're so spending so much time in their Pinterest marketing and trying to figure out if there's a trick or gaming the system that they're not actually creating content or a plan for their email list. So then they're in angst and then what you said is great. Like we're not hobbyists. We're in a, we're, you know, growing a business. So how much Pinterest traffic you get doesn't actually matter if you're not doing anything with it because it's not going anywhere. It's, I get, pe I hear that from people a lot when I do consult calls. They're like, I just want traffic. And I kind of push back at them and say, what's your traffic worth to you? Because we can have clients. Oh, great question. Yeah, we can have clients who say, um, I get a million page views a month from Pinterest. And then I go, okay, well, what does that mean to you then? They're like, well, I guess ad revenue, like on their site. And I'm like, okay, ad revenue is going to be great, but it's a blip and you know, it could go away at any time. What are you doing with them to con convert them to a long-term user? And that's going to take a little bit more stoking the fire on that side. But even if, you know, to cross compare, we have other people who have lower numbers of traffic, but they're making triple the income of the person who has a million unique visitors 
because they know how to monetize the Pinterest user. And that there's a great podcast. I'll send this to you as well. When with Monica Froze, she talked about when she runs promoted pin campaigns. After it's done, you get all the data of the keywords and who clicked on what, what was the strongest keyword. And she actually takes and looks at that. And then she discovered her bullet journaling. It's like super random. And then, or even her financial dashboard, I think. So she actually created a way to do two products. I think it was two products. I have to go listen to it again. But anyway, she figured out this way that this Pinterest traffic was so warm coming to her site that she was able to convert them almost immediately. And it was in the background, right? Because she talks about promoted pins. She talks about a bunch of other stuff. The subset that wants to know about financial tracking, man, they they go crazy for what she's offering. And nobody sees it on the front end, right? Like it's all in the background. That excites me so much because I mean, one of my superpowers in my own business is tracking all that. So we know on specific pages what the earnings per click are to each one of those pages, right? So I don't even, I don't even care. I mean, I do care, but I know the number of not only the people who opt in, like take the next step, but what is the average earnings for just a visitor landing on a specific page? And that makes it easier to have more patience in doing something like Pinterest. Like I think right now, one of our pages has an earnings per click of $4.39. That's astronomical, right? So, so I can look at that and say, okay, if our current earnings per click is $4.39, well, I can be doing the organic elements of Pinterest and... I can also be amplifying with a small daily budget to really help us uh, build some momentum more quickly as long as I know our clicks are coming in under the $4.39 mark. And let's be honest, on Pinterest, that's very easy to accomplish. And I know there's a lot of you listening out there who will likely be in the same scenario, but you wouldn't feel confident spending money on the paid side of Pinterest because you don't know those numbers. So I really highly recommend you go through and you calculate it because sometimes when people calculate their earnings per click to a specific page, they'll find out it's a fraction of a penny, right? And that that doesn't justify all the time and effort that you spend like putting in and cultivating these things. So as business owners, instead of doing more marketing, what we could be doing is optimizing those pages to really say, okay, when people land here, are they seeing the right thing? Are we getting them to take the right action? And the cool thing, and I, you know, I'm not a blogger per se, I do a lot of writing for different platforms. But when I write for my own platform, we spend longer on each post, but like we do less content overall, but the more time that we spend on it, the better results that we're seeing. And then we can say for $4.39, I'm going to hire somebody to help me on Pinterest to get people to that page or to link it into our other guest posts and spend time on that. So I really think the the whole like social media sales machine aspect of all of these platforms working together, like that that's such a fascinating thing that you can get into, but it's driven not only by 
the creative side and not only by like the organic marketing know-how, but also just knowing our numbers from a business perspective. Yeah, we actually had a great podcast about a year ago talking about KPIs. And my guest, mm. Kelly Snyder, is she's wicked smart when she comes to all these things she knows about her course. And she knows when she... Um, she used the analogy like if you put $2 into the ATM and it spit out $2.50, you would stand there all day. You would like hire your kids, right? But because we don't know how much something is earning us, we look and we go, I'm not spending $2 on a click. That's stupid. But then you go, but your $2 is turning into your $4.30 or whatever. You know that you're going to make money off of that. So why wouldn't you do it? But it's again, like we're not empowered with the information. So I'll link that too in the show notes as well. The other thing that um, you said that I thought was super fascinating, and I'm losing my train of thought right as I'm thinking about it. Darn it. It was really, there's so many also good mind-blowing things for me as I'm teaching you all of this. That's like, it's helping me refine my teaching. So thank you for that. I was going to say like, how cool is it though that all of us come to the table with different experiences, different knowledge, different like zones of genius. And then we can say, oh, that thing that you do, oh my gosh, you can amplify it by doing this thing that I do and vice versa. And so I'm just really grateful for the ability to come on your podcast and not be, you know, not talk necessarily about Facebook ads because that's typically what I share. I'm so humbled to be able to be like, I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> on Pinterest, as I tell you almost every single day as I email you. I love it. <laughs> and that's okay yeah. because, you know, no matter where you are in your business journey, it's okay to not know everything. It's actually preferred to not know everything because if you know everything, sometimes you get into analysis paralysis and then you don't do the things like you said earlier, Kate, about like, pinning those five content pieces a day because you're too in your head about all the things that you have to do to make that happen. So then the pins don't happen and you're not consistent and then you don't get the results and you're upset because you're not getting results, right? Like I just, from a mindset perspective, I'm just really grateful for the chat and for like every single person who listens, who's on their own business journey as well. Like you guys are the real team. Man, thanks so much for that. That's just encouraging. And I love that as well, like how we can cross lines in different businesses and encourage each other where we're at and just give us... I am all too about like not giving people like so much information, which for you, it's a little easier because your mind kind of likes to be blown and then you sort it all together. <laughs> yeah. But I think with this, there's so many good takeaways that honestly, I think we should do a follow up in six months, because I want yes. to hear what has happened over those six months. Ah, pressure, pressure. I know, right? <laughs> and how you've grown and what you've seen as a result, even what your frustrations are. Because even, you, you know, I think it was very interesting um, for me as we met a couple weeks ago, and you're super frustrated with Pinterest. And you had this aha moment. <laughs> that was Monday. Yeah, you had this aha moment that was like, I guess this is how people feel when they start with Facebook ads, like they're seem, you know, it's kind of like moving through this mud, if you will, sometimes like, oh, yeah. I just can't, you know, and granted, there's sometimes some glitches with the platform that drive us crazy. <laughs> but we won't <laughs> go into that. Um, okay, so where can people go to connect with you and hear more about all that you do? Because I know we have a lot of people who are super fascinated by Facebook ads, and they want legit information. All right. Well, the best place to get me is actually to come hang out on my Facebook page. So I'm going to take you off Pinterest and over to Facebook. You can find me at 
facebook.com forward slash the ad strategist, or I have a blog post that really dives into why your Facebook ads might not be working, what you need to do first before you really dive in. And so you can find that at the ad strategist.com forward slash simple pin. I love it. So set the date for six months. We will get a full report from you then. Oh my God, the pressure. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Vaughn. 